This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. Follow the show on Twitter at, at Radio Free PW. The liberation starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are kind of 16 days away from WrestleMania. Jake, are you as sad as I am? We are on the road to WrestleMania, and right now I have adrenaline in my soul. Every fight out of control, buddy. Every fight out of control. <laughs> I just can't help it. I got my gears going. The road to WrestleMania is getting nearer and closer and closer than ever. Let's do it. I just want to go ahead off the top back here. Thank everybody to listen to this selection special that me and Matt and Chris from Six Win Media did Monday, giving you guys the bracket to the greatest WrestleMania match ever. We are to our Elite 8 matchup, and the second round of voting will be tomorrow, which is Thursday at 11.30 Eastern. We will drop the second round matchups. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And my first story to you, Jake, the WWE is in talks with both the state of Michigan and the state of Colorado about having legalized gambling on their matches coming up. And this could be a big game changer for how the whole industry of professional wrestling is laid out, especially in the WWE, because how do you not have somebody have all the information and control the outcome of these matches and have insider information? So an article uh, just came out recently on CNBC that uh, Massachusetts uh, did launch mobile betting on Friday, and, you know, they haven't proved it as of yet. You know, uh, Colorado, Michigan, Massachusetts uh, currently are not up for it yet, but I, I think it's not a good idea at all. Uh, things could, would go wrong. People would cheat. You can't change results. Things might happen. Uh, plans need to change. Uh, overall, I just think it's a horrible idea. So... Basically, from what I heard, the the WWE storylines are going to going to start making absolutely no sense. That you can't predict the results when you bet them. But imagine a world where Daniel Bryan isn't able to be added to the WrestleMania 30 main event, and we would be forced to watch Batista versus uh, Triple H one on one if if there was betting back in the day. I know, Jake, because I mean, this would literally make you basically have a kind of like a work-style version of the UFC where all you're going to have is basically one person versus one person in the match, and the storyline is these people getting ready for said match. You can't go around and have, like, all these fake injury angles or anything like that that would upset the betting since you already have everything locked in place. Mm-hmm. And imagine, like, you know, the distraction finishes and the DQ finishes and, and things would go awry uh, with with what's going on with betting. So, overall, it's just like, it's, a, it's like a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. I mean, I understand that... WWE wanting to branch out into different avenues to, to gain more revenue streams for their investors, but this might be the so-called bridge too far, you know what I mean? Look, the WWE, for many decades, they always wanted to be accepted by the mainstream, but it comes at the expense of the fans who, who watched you for many years, and, you know, sometimes, you know, being mainstream does not always mean a good thing. And this is one example of it. Exactly, Jake. Now, my second story for you this week is coming up on May 6th. WWE's heading to Puerto Rico for the first time since about 2005 when they had the New Year's Revolution pay-per-view there. And Bad Bunny's going to be hosting Backlash live from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Jake, this is going to be an interesting tryout for this international series of pay-per-views coming up 
Yeah, so it will take place on Saturday, May the 6th at the Coliseo de Puerto Rico in San Juan. It's going to be the first WWE live event taking place in Puerto Rico uh, since 2005. Only this time, it's going to be a, what they call it, a premium live event. Um, But it's interesting because... After WrestleMania, they're not going to have a premium live event in the continental U.S. until SummerSlam. Uh, as we know, there's going to be a Saudi Arabian event. Money in the Bank is going to be at the O2 Arena. And now you got Backlash uh, being announced here in Puerto Rico. I'm really happy that uh, the WWE is taking more of this route uh, to go to go international. You know, sometimes here in the United States, uh, uh, we are all stuck in our bubble and... Um, Fans are craving for the WWE product uh, overseas, uh, outside of the continental U.S. So, I mean, I think this is a good chance for for WWE to at least to experiment how how pay-per-views, premium live events will fare internationally. You know, Jake, this is one benefit of them having this deal with NBC Universal and having Peacock. They already have the money up front for all these special events. So now they're not really needing money for live at gates. I mean, still, they get great money from live at gates. But now they have the options of going to different places and trying different things. And this is something they're doing now with Money in the Bank and Backlash, where they're going to non-U.S. locations. And especially with Class of the Castle, I think we got to a point where the viewers will go to wherever the wrestling is. You can have it at age mm-hmm. 12 noon Eastern start, and people will be cool with it. It's not like back 20 years ago when, you know, people be like, what the hell's going on here? You can only have it during the primetime hours because that's how everybody's trained to watch the sporting event. And you're not beholden to the cable companies that you have to start in primetime here in the U.S. So, yeah, I would definitely want to see more of these happen across the globe. I mean, you know, we've seen we've already seen a couple of years ago. They've done what was it called? Um, I think it's like Showdown in Australia. And that that was an that was an amazing uh, sight to see, seeing like a full sold out crowd in in Melbourne, Australia. So I would definitely like to see more of this. And uh, yeah, more pay per views. And um, yeah, and uh, you know we're still waiting on AEW making their inroads to to the UK and Europe. And uh, and you know the crowd is cr- uh, craving them as well. So speaking of AEW, Jack, my next story is coming to you. AEW is in talks with the survey time Warner about any a third era of wrestling TV to their programming. And it reports going out that it's going to be on TBS and it may be in that traditional WCW time slot on Saturday evenings at 6.05. And if this is true, I'm all for it because I love that time spot. I'm the big WCW mark, so this would be something up my alley here. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down for it. So the news was first revealed on the Saturday edition of the Mad Men podcast uh, by Andrew Zarian on the Wrestling Observer website. Uh, according to the report, uh, All Elite Wrestling and Warner Brothers Discovery are closing in on a deal to add a third AEW wrestling show. It's going to be similar to uh, Rampage that is already on Fridays with a one-hour runtime. We don't know what the details are going to be as of yet. I mean, and we, but we don't know if it's going to be officially confirmed. And as of this recording, you know, things might change within the next month or so. I know that there are going to be questions about, is it too much for AEW? You know, we got Rampage, we got Dark, and we got Dark Elevation. You know, the the latter two are on YouTube. There could be a concern here that AEW might run into the issue of quantity over quality uh, in terms of how many shows they're going to put out here. 
And I know there are some fans that I've uh, encountered uh, in social media saying that it might be too much uh, to handle, if, especially if you're the diehard wrestling fan who tries to digest everything. You know, if it's got to be WWE or AEW, uh, New Japan, uh, MLW, Impact, etc. Like, there's going to be wrestling every single day of the week, and there might be concern. You know, I could see them getting rid of either Dark Elevation or Dark if this goes through, and they actually do have, well, technically be four hours of TV spots on the Time Water uh, Family of Networks. So I do see the point of it getting to the point of being oversaturation, but if you just get rid of one of the YouTube shows and move that over to Saturday night, and hey, you know what? You can literally take the other one after you have the hours on TBS. I can see that one happen too. And especially, uh, you know, I, I consider... Uh, because I watch every Monday, uh, being the elite, and I consider being the elite, you know, part of the AEW uh, system in terms of like you know uh, how storylines are going forward. So you even got that one too. So we'll just see what happens uh, in the next month and see if if TBS does go ahead with this. Okay, Jake, my fourth story of the week comes from Variety Magazine, and also it comes from the Bella's podcast. As Nikki and Brie Bella announced yesterday on their podcast that they are. Going back to their family name of Garcia, and they will be known as the Garcia Twins going forward. And apparently, this is closing the chapter with them and the WWE. Jake, what are your memories of the Bella Twins? Well, the Bella Twins, I mean, <laughs> I think the uh, what really sticks out to me with, Be uh, with the Bella Twins, like, I might be in the minority, but I really enjoyed watching Total Divas on the E! Network. Uh, that was definitely a guilty pleasure of mine, and uh, I, one of the few shows on on e that actually enticed me uh because it involved wrestling um and nikki and brie they were absolutely the stars of the show and just seeing their lives with with brian and and john and john cena i mean look it, it was it was funny to watch uh, back in the day so i mean it was much better than the kardashians so <laughs> that's that's at least one of the the reality shows that i did enjoy you know it's interesting uh brie and nikki uh, announced uh on their podcast uh that they're officially Moving on from WWE, and uh, they're going to have a, a relationship with SiriusXM, uh, and that will continue their podcast, and it'll rename it the Nikki and Bree Show. And yeah, a lot of discussion about uh, what they're going to do next, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff here. Now that the shackles are off, are they going to have more opportunities, and are they going to talk more about how how the WWE situation works out, and what they could or, and couldn't do? Um, but yeah, I mean, wishing all the best to Brianna and, and Nicole. Really excited to see what they can go from here. It was kind of interesting how the WWE kind of asked them from the last, like, anniversary special. Because he knew, leading up to that show, they were advertised to be on it. And the segment ran a little bit too long. And that's when you know you didn't see no Nikki, no Brie. And I feel like that kind of started them to the WWE and kind of led them down this road where they're just ready to do their own thing and they got a following that will follow them to the ends of the earth mm -hmm. yeah i mean i and you know nikki and brie they always get such a, a bad rap uh because like you know you can definitely definitely criticize them for you know their in-ring style uh but look i mean you know they've they've definitely helped grown uh the wwe product especially in the last decade. And, you know, it's interesting, like, the past couple of years, they have been more critical about WWE. I mean, I, rem I remember, you know, Nikki uh, commenting uh, about the frustration of, of the women's division, especially when when uh, when Becky returned and immediately beat uh, Bianca Belair. So, yeah, they've definitely been, like, you know, more open about WWE the past couple of years. So, 
really happy to see uh, that they're talking more and speaking out more. And uh, yeah, again, you know, really excited what they're going to do next. One breaking news story that we're going to talk about now that literally happened this morning as I was waking up. Will Osprey has injured his right shoulder and apparently has been pulled by New Japan for wrestling from the uh, New Japan Cup. And it looks like Mark Davis, the stable mate of Will Osprey, will be his replacement going forward in the tournament. We want to take this time to wish Will Osprey a speedy recovery because this might put him and Jeffrey of missing the G1 tournament. Very unfortunate timing. Uh, you know, Will Ospreay has been is, has been doing a heck of a run in New Japan this year so far, and yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this might this might hamper his chances of being in the G One, and uh, even hamper, uh, hampering um, his chances of facing for the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Championship uh, with Okada. So I I hope that uh, he continues uh, doing that plan, and uh, we'll see that uh, eventual match with Okada. But yeah, I mean, really unfortunate timing. So yeah, wishing all the best for for Will. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been your Control Center here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jake can figure it out. And my first stunning question to you, Jake. Back on Friday night, SmackDown, Twitter got buzzing because of a certain match. And I had to go back and watch it. And I'm talking about Charlotte Flair versus Shotzi. And a lot of people were saying how slow both ladies were working in this match. They started out looking okay, but I think there was a spot Charlotte was going for a headspring over Shotzi, and I feel like they got out of place and they kind of threw the timing of the match off. Yeah, I mean, good for Shotzi for at least having some TV time. But yeah, I, I mean, I even noticed how slow she was in this match. Um, I, I really miss when the women's division was so unpredictable. You never knew who was going to win. Now you obviously know who's going to win. And which, unfortunately, makes it so bland. Um, to me, Shotzi was just a sacrificial lamb in this match. Uh, and she didn't do favors for her. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of, you know, people getting uh, being fed to Charlotte. You know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, kind of disappointed what uh, she's been doing uh, recently. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I really feel like it was just them having an off night. And that off night just happened to be a live episode of SmackDown. So there's no way for you to go back and edit the finish or try to clean up stuff. And they were just victims of having a poor night. Now, my second stunning question for you, Jake, this week is back last Thursday on Impact Wrestling. As also on Twitter, everybody was raving about this match. It's Kushida versus Grissom. And Jake, this was about 10 to 15 minutes of pure technical wrestling. And it left me wanting to see a rematch of these two. Yeah, it was a pure technical masterpiece uh, for 10 minutes. Uh, this match jumped out on paper and more than delivered. Uh, the slower mat pace, uh, the slower mat based style. It probably won't be for everyone, but this was a treat for someone who does enjoy it. I feel like we need to hear more from Gresham in Impact Wrestling, as I feel most of his character traits are things I remember from Ring of Honor uh, that Impact hasn't quite established yet uh, with their viewers. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Kushida looked awesome in this match as well. I, I really hope we get to see more of these two instead of seeing Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer keep uh, taking time on Impact uh, every single week. Uh, you know, this is what the viewers who watch Impact on a regular basis. And to be honest with you, I've been enjoying Impact uh, recently uh, more, and I might soon uh, start watching Impact again on a regular basis. I mean, you know, Jake, they have a very strong collection of wrestlers that don't have a lot of mainstream popularity in the United States. And I want to just highlight them because 
You got Giselle Shaw in there going against Macy James coming up soon. She is a freaking talent too. And I just wish they had a better platform than the TV channel they're on right now with Access. Yeah, I think another problem that's hampering Impact is that uh, they're in the same soundstage every single week. I like them to diversify in terms of uh, their their venue uh, at least like a few times a month. You can see there that uh, the crowd doesn't really bring that energy a lot all the time. I mean, they, they can do that for a couple of matches here and there, but not all the time throughout the programming. I would like to see them at least tour uh a couple times a month so yeah that's that's definitely some feedback that i like to give uh to impact okay jake my third sending question to you this week does the hop tailing of the tnt title hurt the start of this powerhouse hog push and did world do something wrong in aew because they basically kind of kicked him to the curve uh it's it's a hot mess uh, unfortunately i mean we've talked about this a lot and at this point i think it's just pretty much a, a dumpster fire at the moment. I think it's just ruined goods uh, for as far as Wardlow is concerned. It kind of confirms to me this past week that they just don't see anything special in Wardlow. You know, I, I really want to hear from Tony Khan and see what, like, what doesn't he see in in such a such an elite-level talent in Wardlow and just doesn't get behind him. It's like, it's, it's rather confusing. And, you know, he was he was the, the hottest thing the beginning of last year with that feud with, with Max. And, like, you know, coming off of Double or Nothing, like, he, he looked so strong. And now, like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, that Hobbs uh, is now the champion, but, you know, the, the TNT title, it, it just it just keeps being passed around like a toy. Like, you know, we see it with, with Joe to Darby, back to Joe, then to Wardlow, and now to Hobbs. And we keep seeing this happen, and it just, like, it doesn't do favors, and I don't even consider it, like, a unique belt anymore. Chick, I think it has less credibility than a WCW TV title by now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I enjoy watching the matches of the All-Atlantic Championship, uh, now gonna be called the International Championship, because, like, they have, like, you know, amazing talent uh, fighting for it, and I, I consider it much less prestigious in the European Championship, as far as what the TNT title's concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad. Okay, Jake, my fourth stunning question for you this week. Would you rather see Jay Uso not turn on Sami Zayn back on Monday Night Raw? And my question to you following that was, are we heading to Sami Zayn joining with KO to fight the Usos for the tag team titles at WrestleMania? To be honest with you, this this is what I pretty much expected. Uh, I knew that at some points, like after Royal Rumble, that maybe Jay is trying to swerve everybody. Uh, but I, I thought it was tremendous acting <laughs> from, from a lot of these guys. You know, Jimmy... Uh, Solo J uh, to Sammy. I did expect it a little bit uh, that we were going to head this way. And uh, hopefully soon, you know, a couple weeks uh, towards Mania, that we're going to have, probably going to have that tag match uh, with the Usos and KO and Sammy. I like the story right now that uh, KO is is hesitant and is just focusing on himself, uh, uh, trying to take down the bloodline. But I'm really looking forward uh, where this is going to head to uh, going into WrestleMania. Exactly, Jake. This has been probably WWE's best book storyline best told storyline probably in 15 years or so i want to go back to the end of the era where it was triple h sean versus the undertaker and they were telling mm-hmm. the story of any the street and neither one of the two best friends could do it and it gives me the same kind of feels when i'm watching the usos in the ring with sammy with, with roman this is the kind of storytelling that brings in new fans that you get into wrestling and this is what we enjoy about wrestling yeah i mean it's all about the drama and uh what emotions can can build up uh, in terms of like a very impactful story. Uh, yeah, so I, like props to 
all that are involved, especially with Roman. My concern is that, uh, well, now Cody is getting involved and is now aiming for the title at, at Mania. I'm not sure if I'm the biggest fan of Cody and Sammy being in segments together. I think you should keep them separate for now. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, tremendous, tremendous acting and tremendous storyline uh, uh, story here. Okay, Jake, then question number five for the week. The long international nightmare is over. We finally got our first inductee to the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame class, and it's no other than Rey Mysterio. Jake, how you feel? This can't happen to a more kinder person. I mean, you know, Ray is one of the guys that I grew up watching uh, that I for when I first watched professional wrestling. And yeah, I mean, like he is just a legend. The entire history of professional wrestling. I'm so happy uh, that he's getting in this year. And we just got news this week that Conan is going to induct Rey Mysterio, and I'm so looking forward to that. I I, I really hope like this this won't turn into an angle, but. You know, like you know, things will happen. Uh, you know, never say never. But yeah, I'm just so happy that uh, that Ray is finally getting in. Jake, when they first announced this, I back of my mind, I was thinking like, you know, they're gonna have Dominic come up on stage and just interrupt him somehow and do like a Kanye West versus Taylor Swift kind of angle there right before, <laughs> yeah, night before WrestleMania. Yeah, Taylor got the upper hand uh, at the end of the day uh, with Kanye. So I mean, <laughs> we might see that same happen here uh, as far as a. Uh, as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't think, as far as, like, the Hall of Fame, I don't think we're going to see a big class this year, and I'm kind of fine with it. I mean, you already have two hours of SmackDown uh, happening beforehand, and uh, even though it's a Friday night, you know, people still have uh, still have a lot to do, and they wanted to around uh, uh, L.A., so maybe we're going to see maybe a small induction class, and I, I could even see uh, the WWE Hall of Fame coming out of WrestleMania weekend and maybe switch it to another weekend, like SummerSlam, or maybe sometime in, in the summer. You know, Jay, I feel like a smart class would be beneficial for the WWE, because we've been doing this for so long now. We're eventually going to run out of main event level Hall of Famers that you can induct that will be the headliner that will draw people into it, and they do now have it on the same night as SmackDown, so keeping it to like three people and making it like an hour to maybe 80 minutes would be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just keeping it concise. And you're right. I mean, we are eventually going to run out of, you know, headlining level inductees. I mean, what else is left there? I mean, really, it's like Dwayne Johnson and Dave Batista are pretty much like the, the final two mainstream level uh, inductees left for, for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, and obviously John Cena, uh, but uh, I don't see that happening a few, like, until uh, we'll see that happen in, in a few years. But yeah, eventually they're going to uh, they're going to run out of like, you know, names, name above name above name uh, as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. So considering that this is going to be a two night WrestleMania uh, again, I mean, I could see this like having its own night again, uh, maybe later, later in the year. Uh, if I could see that option uh, still being out there, too. You know, Jake, one thing we need also add that there's rumors out there that Keiji Muto might be the second inductee to this 2023 Hall of Fame class. And if he is, he'll be the first one to never have a match in the WWF slash WWE. Even though Muda did have time in WCW, I feel like they need to start branching out and going international and grabbing major stars who've never been in the company so they can keep the Hall of Fame going. Yeah, we've seen with Jushin Thunder Liger uh, being inducted. Uh, I mean, having Muda uh, into the Hall of Fame would make it extra more special. So definitely, definitely agree with you on that aspect. Okay, Jake, sixth and final stunning question of the week. Two weeks out from WrestleMania, there's been stories going around that 
Bray Wyatt is now pulled, maybe not pulled from his match coming up with Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Apparently, he suffered from some kind of injury. And there's another story going around that he actually didn't show up for an event because he's not happy with this way his character has been portrayed. So, do we see this match at WrestleMania, Jake? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I could care. I couldn't care less at this point. I mean, I've been very disappointed with his Bray Wyatt character. I can't say it enough. Like, like I was, I was really excited. Uh, when he came back last year, like late last year, but you know, eventually, I thought the the Mountain Dew match at the Rumble pretty much jumped the shark for me. Uh, it's just it's it's just the same thing as regards to Bray Wyatt. It's the it's the same mystical thing with no evolution to his character whatsoever. And at this point, it's like I I don't think you know we can blame WWE creative much longer. I think it's Bray Wyatt in the ring and he can't do much as far as like how he can do moves in the ring, how he can wrestle in the ring. So yeah, I, I can't say that I was looking forward to this match against Lashley anyway. You know, I wasn't looking forward to this match either, Jay. I thought it was a step down for Bobby Lashley. I'm mean, like, Lashley was feuding with Lesnar at the start of the year. Now he lost that match to Lesnar. And now he's going to do the hokey stuff with, yeah. with Bray Wyatt and, you know, the clown. It's, yeah, I mean, I I just don't like it at all, and I think this is just, this is probably, like, a blessing in disguise for him, so. Uh, unfortunately, this might, like, this might uh, exclude uh, Bobby uh, from Mania itself, uh, but, you know, better better that than a match with, with Bray Wyatt. You know, I had so much hope for Bray when he came back, and he had that promo where he was talking about, yeah, I was a troubled person, I wasn't always the good guy. They had a way to get him move away from all that hokey pokey mystical stuff and for a moment they did it and they slid right back into the habit and we're right back where we started like two years ago yeah again you can blame it on the the creative team but you know at this point he he has himself to blame as well unfortunately well jake that's gonna wrap up our study six questions this week and before we go where can we find you on the information super highway hey this the show has been a breeze really enjoyed it you can follow me in the in the Information Superhighway. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Allenar and on Instagram at jakeallenar.mp4. Thank you for having me. Well, Jake, it's been a pleasure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please follow us on Twitter at Radio Free PW or go to www.radio Free Professional Wrestling for all your information on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And until next week, Jake, ladies and gentlemen, have a stunning week. Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.